this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that has established its own EU, and we consider it official canon. My name is Drill, be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of curious about this EU, because I, I haven't <laughs> seen any of it. <laughs> well, it's out there. you got to look for it. Uh, <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> um, what's going on, man? Uh, it is Thanksgiving week uh, in terms of our recording. Um, which means it is Black Wednesday. Um, oh, that's if, true. If, Blackout if, Wednesday. <laughs> Blackout Wednesday. If you don't know, like, I know everyone knows what Black Friday is, and if you honestly don't know the reason it's called Black Friday, it's because when you look at what it costs to run a business like a Target or a Walmart, a lot of stores earn enough money during Black Friday to get into the black as opposed to the red in terms of their debt. That's why it's called Black Friday. Um, I don't know how that's going to work out this year because it's COVID and most people have to do online shopping. Uh, but, Amazon's going to do great. They're finally going to get into the black this year. I know it. <laughs> Amazon will most likely get into black this year. Um, but the reason it's called Black Wednesday is because everyone gets out of work on Wednesday and they don't have to work until Monday. So they all go out to the bars. Unfortunately, we can't go out to the bars, so I'm sitting here in the in the Palacio Top Five Report studio of my house, and I have my adult beverage, so I'm good to go. <laughs> awesome, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, man, um, let's jump right into it. Unless you have any like Thanksgiving nonsense to discuss. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's one of those things where usually when a holiday's coming up, work is really slow and it's kind of an easy week. But uh, this year, just it's been a really hectic work week. And uh, after I'm done with work every day, I'm just exhausted. So <laughs> nothing really new or exciting with me. Um, I have watched a couple things if you wanted to run it, roll into that. Um, I watched literally a couple things, too, this week. So we're recording a little early than we normally do. So I haven't had the amount of time that I normally do to watch, but man, it's been one of those like roller coaster, like, can we just get to the holiday already kind of stuff and lots of conversations about, are we having Thanksgiving? <laughs> right. So, um, I only actually have a couple things in my watch category this week, uh, but I have four days off. So hopefully I get some more squeezed in. So what do you got though? That's awesome. Um, so first, the first thing I wanted to mention is I actually did do a uh, quick uh, top five favorite cliffhangers week since I or cliffhangers list since I missed that week when you guys did that list. So uh, right. I could roll into those. Let's roll into those real quick. So if, if this is your first time listening, um, normally we do the top five list at the end of the episode, which we'll do tonight. However, uh, Peter had to sit out. The uh, had to sit out a couple weeks ago, and uh, the list we did was cliffhangers, so he missed out on doing that list. So, what are your do you have any honorable mentions? 
Uh, no, I kept. Well, actually, I do have one honorable mention, and that it's kind of a generic one, but it's any time at the end of a movie or a TV show or whatever, when the villain or the monster or whatever gets crushed by a big pile of rubble or something like that, and at the end you see that character's hand pop out of that rubble, <laughs> and that's the uh, the this sort of cliche cliffhanger that's in like every creature feature it's in like every kid's superhero movie and uh we've talked about tropes we don't like on the show before but this is a trope i absolutely like i know it's super cliche but it's just always awesome to see that villain or monster's hand pop pop up or you know pop up from the trash at the end of the movie (laughs) it's it's a funny one and no one ever talks about that like yeah and it's also one that we didn't think about the other week (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so then rolling into my top five, um, I'll try to keep this as short as possible. It, it definitely is hard. But um, the first one I picked was uh, the comic book Battle Chasers. Um, this one definitely ends on a cliffhanger. It's not the craziest cliffhanger, but it ends where you can tell a new story arc was just starting. Um, if you don't know Battle Chasers, it's Joe Matarera's kind of fantasy comic uh, pet project from the early 2000s. Um, ironically, it was put out by Cliffhanger Comics, but this is more of just one of those things. It's an awesome uh, it's an awesome series. The artwork in it is just really, really cool. And I wish there was more. So that's just why I had to make uh, make my list. Yeah, uh, the I, next one I wanted. I'm, to, not, I'm not familiar with it. So, yeah, um, the next one I wanted to mention was Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you guys obviously talked about yep. this on your episode. I can't necessarily say anything more than you guys did, but I do agree that it's one of the most iconic so definitely really awesome definitely had to make my list um the next pick i have uh comes from lost as well as one of yours drew but i chose the season three finale uh that uh we have to go back um and that's uh yeah (laughs) and if you've watched the show as in we have to go back to the island because that was the flash forward that was right. Flash forward one. Okay. <laughs> I was going to describe it trying not to uh, spoil anything, but yes, it is that we have to go back ending, which was just kind of mind blowing when that was finally revealed. And it was just an awesome moment. And uh, yeah, that was like, in my opinion, that was in the. Uh, when Lost was in its prime, so to speak. And it was just such a good season finale. Uh, the next one I wanted to mention was the ending of Harry Potter book six. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, I don't want to say too much because it's definitely spoilers, but this is there's something really bad that ends at the end of this book. Uh, maybe a, ma- a main character dies and uh, oh. it bring. What's that? No, go finish what you're saying. And then I'll ask my question. It brings a huge question into play for the next book of the series because the characters that were involved in the death of this other character, um, there's a big debate over whether that character is evil or not. And it was kind of just this really fun sort of uh, question that was like on everybody's minds for a couple of years until the next book came out. Uh, what were you going to say, though? Uh, the question I was going to ask was the book over the movie. Oh, absolutely. The book okay. is really good. That The sixth Harry Potter movie is kind of... Uh, 
I thought it was a little bit lackluster because it focused a little bit more on like teenage snogging and dating and stuff than the whole oh. like really dark, cool Voldemort stuff that was going on. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to mention the anime Berserk. Um, I've talked about this on the show before, but this is a really cool sort of uh, it's cool anime that's kind of like a medieval times battle sort of thing and there's a lot of really light fantasy elements and the last episode turns all those fantasy elements up to 11 and it becomes this really crazy brutal gory um supernatural like horror thing where a lot of really tragic things happen and it's just it's the craziest turn and uh watching that just made me go straight ahead into hunting down the manga because I had to know how that, uh, that story went. And, uh, to clarify, I'm talking about the 1997 berserk anime. Cause there's a couple different iterations of this series, but the 1997 anime series is the best in my opinion. And a lot of just, other people. So I was just going to say, I think the, um, I actually think there's a berserk on HBO max. And I wonder if it's the one you're talking about or if it's one of the newer iterations. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to check that out. That's uh, I've seen a lot of the stuff on Netflix, too. There's a couple of movies um, and there's a series they did in uh, 2016. But if anybody wants to get into the series, I'd honestly recommend the uh, 1997 anime because it's just it's got a really, really nice like 90s anime style to it and it's just a really really good version of the story um but yeah i can roll into my other watching and reading <laughs> i feel like right. i'm taking a long time at this no, point no <laughs> dude it's 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 all good because we got a lot to talk about tonight so why not right so uh the next thing i wanted to talk about is yesterday i actually started uh the queen's gambit on netflix Ooh, okay um okay so i can well, I can start with I kind of avoided this series for a bit. I kept hearing good things, but I thought it was going to be like this really um, this sort of really slow, pensive chess based series, which it is. But I just for some reason, I thought it was going to be one of those things where, yeah, it's technically good, but it was going to be kind of boring. And uh, last night I was trying to find something to watch and I was like, you know, I'm going to check out the trailer of this series and see if if this is something that I want to watch right now. And I started the trailer and I realized there was like a lot more dark things and a lot more crazy things going on in the series than I expected. Like I didn't expect that addiction was going to be a big piece of it. And it's oh, one of those things where, uh, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say addiction is a heavily theme of that show. Um, and like her overcoming the drugs and alcohol and stuff like that, like in, and dealing with the pressures of, um, being like start becoming a chess power prodigy to becoming the celebrity and then dealing with their addiction on top of it. So, right. Um, and, and that's the thing is once I started. And so I, I only watched probably like a minute, maybe even 30 seconds of the trailer, but it just seemed like so much more of, and I use this term in a very, um, loose way, but it kind of seemed like a really rock and roll sort of chess story in a lot of ways. And I was like, okay, this looks kind of a lot more interesting than I was expecting. This looks fun. And so then I started the series and I didn't want to watch the full trailer cause I didn't want to spoil too much, but, uh, I've, I've, how far did you watch? Like how many I'm, two, 
Yeah, I'm two episodes in, um, oh. and I've just really been enjoying it. It's one of those things that I've even heard people say the first episode isn't that interesting, but honestly, the series has kind of grabbed me right away. And uh, like you, Drew, like I like chess a lot. I've never been at the like obsessive level over the game, but it is one of my favorite uh, sort of board games to play. And so, like, I'm of course, I, of course, I like the chess elements, but. I just think it's a really exciting, interesting series overall. And uh, the main character, um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Anna, but Anna Taylor Joy is the actor. Yeah. And then, but, but go ahead. So I was just going to say her story, like the 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 journey that her the character she plays goes on in the show is a very unique, interesting story, too. So I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for recommending it. And no yeah, it's really good it's so far. This it's it's too, I'm going to segue into a quick news story and take that off our news desk a little bit. Here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, because I I just wanted to point out that um, the Queen's Gambit broke Netflix's streaming record. Um, for its launch um, over the first 28 days that the show was out, 62 million households watched Queen's Gambit, Gambit um, which currently is now the new record for Netflix's streaming. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was it, all. It, oh, nice. It's also one of those things like Netflix puts out a lot of um, like five or six out of ten movie series like like they put out a lot of stuff that's pretty good, but not great. But every once in a while, they put out something like this that just is just so good. And that's, that's kind of how I felt with it so far. Like I said, I'm only two episodes in, so we'll see, uh, in the following weeks, my well, thoughts on the rest only, of it. You only got five episodes left to go. So let me know what you think, man. I'm, I'm yeah. I look forward to your, the rest of your review. Was that all you watched? Um, the last thing was Mandalorian, which I feel like you probably did as well. So, yeah, so I didn't know if you wanted to talk about a couple of things before we get I to have. that two things one of them is the current episode of the mandalorian and then one other thing so we'll talk about mandalorian in a second um because we're just gonna spoil the hell out of that show as it goes so <laughs> um, i hope everyone's keeping up um the uh the other thing i watched was the lego star wars holiday special <laughs> <laughs> so i've actually put this on a few times for my son to watch and i've like seen parts but i haven't sat down and really given it a thorough watch through. But, so uh, what did you think? <laughs> well, so overall it's, I mean, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, so here's my, here's my problem. It is standard Lego star Wars fun, which that's the cool part. That's not a problem uh, because Lego star Wars always does a really good job with the star Wars comedy and jokes and parodies and stuff like that. And they're always usually pretty solid things when they do this, the Lego star Wars stuff. My problem is, is that there's a lot of jokes that are recycled jokes. So if you're a Star Wars fan and you pay attention to the Star Wars community and you're in the know, all the jokes are, um, a lot of the jokes are repeats and you've okay. seen most of them. However, that so it's just, it's just fan service is what you're saying. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, my feeling about that term. Um, <laughs> No, it's fan service in a weird way because they're because the real fans already know the jokes because like they like they do the it's a trap joke again. And you're just like, yeah, OK, I've heard that before. You know what I mean? Right. That's the like there's some of those that you're just like, OK, but to be fair. And with that said, there are several new jokes that haven't had a chance to be jokes yet. Um, like they made them. They made a McClunky joke. 
um, which, <laughs> which was really, which was actually really funny. If you pay real close attention. They make a joke about the off world Jawa. Um, and only like the star Wars action figures collectors are going to go off world Jawa. That's funny. Like they know that joke. <laughs> most people like some of the jokes are deep cut enough that they got me. And I was like, ha, that's funny. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, other than that, it, uh, there's, I mean, overall it was fun. It just, that was my problem. Like I've heard some of these jokes before because they've been done and redone and redone. How uh, does it compare to the original, uh, star Wars holiday special? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the original is, well, what we all know about the original, uh, this yeah. is more of a, um, this is more of a because it's Lego and it's meant to be a little more fun. I, I do wish there was a little bit more Christmas to it. And I think you'll understand what I mean when you start watching it. So um, because there's it's definitely Christmassy, but I feel like that took a backseat to all the other stuff that they were like, hey, we can do this and this and this um, for the story that they were telling. So that's yeah. true. The The original one isn't necessarily that Christmassy, though, um, from what I've seen. I've never watched it all the way through. I kind of like to put you can find the original one on YouTube and stuff. And I kind of like to put it on in the background at Christmas parties and stuff. <laughs> so people walk in the room and they're just like, what the heck is on the TV right now? But uh, yeah, I haven't watched the, the, the first one all the way through, to be what's, honest. What's really funny about the Christmas special, the original Christmas special, is that um, the, uh, I know that Lucas, they're never going to put that out on blue. They're never going to put it out for home purchase. However, so many people want it for like a collection completion kind of a thing, even though they know it's not good. Every star Wars fan will most likely buy it. Yeah. Like a bootleg version or something. Not a bootleg version. If they legitimately release it. It'll be probably. Oh, uh, I got what you're saying. It'll yeah. probably be one of the best-selling Star Wars um, on Blu-ray, whatever sales, because everyone wants it to complete their collection. You know, um, like I wanted the Batman, the Adam West Batman Blu-ray, um, and then I had to wait and wait and wait until Fox gave it up, and then it went yeah. back to Warner Brothers, and they released it, and I bought it. This is a collection completion thing, so you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's. So real quick, Mandalorian was fantastic. Yeah, it was really I, good. I went into it thinking to myself it was a filler episode. Overall, I do feel like it was a filler episode, but it moved the story along in a sense where he he got the ship fixed finally. Uh, that I'm glad that wasn't going to be a running thread throughout the entirety of the season. I liked what they were doing, beating the ship up. I really did. Um, but it was nice to see that now the ship is in full gear now again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, and then the stuff at the end when you see the robots, when you see the dark troopers. Uh, by the way, those are dark troopers, um, which are a reference back to uh, the old uh, Dark Forces video game on the PC. Yeah, from the I next- actually had to I actually had to look it up because I was trying to figure out what they were at first. I was like, are those death troopers or what? But then I looked it up. I was like, oh, I remember those. That's awesome. Yeah, well, check this out. So I might have to start doing this because apparently there is a audio visual setting on Disney Plus for The Mandalorian, and it might be for everything. But they have uh, verbal descriptions of what's on screen 
that you can play when you're watching it. So for those people who are visually impaired, they're basically listening to it like an audiobook. Nice. So you'll have someone describing the scene and the lines of dialogue and everything, and the sound effects are all still there, but you have this voice describing the stuff on the screen for those people who are visually impaired. And so they can watch the movies or the shows or whatever, too. And there has been some stuff that's been dropped in those audio cues specifically um, that have let people know, like, yes, those are dark troopers. For example, that's where, like, everyone realized that they were dark troopers because someone pointed out that it was in that dialogue track. Um, yeah. So that's I think that's. Go ahead. No, what we're, no, I think that's pretty cool, because I know even in the original trilogy, there was different sort of. uh species of creatures and different elements of those uh, movies that were never actually mentioned in dialogue. Um, I, I want to say even Ewoks, like I want to say nobody on screen says Ewoks, but people learned what Ewoks were through the uh, novelizations. And that's kind of the same level of like, you have to go to, to a different uh, form of the media to find out like the names of some of these things. And it is kind of a, it's kind of a cool like scavenger hunt sort of thing that uh, people have going with that. Right. Um, well, this episode was great and I loved seeing the speeder bike chase was fantastic. Um, that's a, that was a, that's a huge one. Um, I like when they're, I kind of like what they're doing with the speeder bikes because it's like they're taking them out of the normal equation that we're used to because we're so used to we've been we've been watching Return of the Jedi for how long and yep. the only bike chase we ever saw. So, yeah, take yeah. It out of the environment that we know and put them somewhere else. And it, it makes the speeder bikes really cool when you do that to them. The so. speeder bikes was awesome. Uh, that first like huge jump they did off of the plat like the landing platform. I just thought that was so bad. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, just, they're doing the Lord's work over there. Um, I, I can't wait till this week because um, so we're this episode's a little behind, like for anyone keeping up with the Mandalorian. The episode's a little behind, but it allows us to be spoiler free when we talk. Um, the coming episode is the Dave Filoni written and directed episode, and it's titled The Jedi. So everyone assumes that this is the Ahsoka episode coming up this week. Um, oh, that that would absolutely make sense. It, it would. And I and I can't wait. So. So I, I can hop in and just say a couple of quick things. First of all, I kind of agreed with you when when I first watched this episode, I thought it was totally a filler episode through and through. But uh, the two things that made it not for me was uh, when they revealed that uh, the people repairing his ship put a uh, track it like a tracker on it. I was like, yeah, I kept thinking back up to that. I'm like, OK, yes, it did add to the plot, even though it felt like a filler episode. It did have that sort of uh, he needed to stop there for that element of the plot. But then also, um, what did you think of the did you catch the midichlorian uh, or what the, people the, are the M count? Yes, the M count. What did you think of that? Well, first off. I'm one of those people who um, I defend the midichlorians. Um, I know people have <laughs> I know people have a problem with the midichlorians, but I defend this. In this are you I laughing feel, at me for defense? I'm, I'm just laughing at the sort of uh, I defend the middle midichlorians is a really funny catchphrase. Like I kind of want to put it on a T-shirt and give it to you. <laughs> So you can wear it next time we go to Comic-Con or whatever. I defend but. the Midichlorian <laughs> yeah. in quotes, and this is Drew Top 5 Report. <laughs> um, no, so you got to understand something with the Midichlorians. People had a problem with the Midichlorians just as a term, as a device, as a thing. 
when you look at it in, in a simple storytelling element, so we're going to break this down into the process of telling a story. If you do that, George needed how do we make Anakin Skywalker sound more powerful than everyone else? Okay, well, how, most people understand numbers, and if you give it a monetary value and you say he's the highest, well, why is he the highest? Well, he's literally the highest, and we physically showed you that he's the highest. So you create a thing like the midichlorians that explains that, oh, his midichlorian uh, count is off the charts more than Master Yoda. You know what I mean? They like from a storytelling standpoint, they've created a way of showing you that Anakin Skywalker is more powerful than anyone. And he has zero training and no way of controlling it. We have to harness his power. Right. Right. If you look at it from a lore standpoint and actually focus on the idea that the show is telling a story, think back to the fact that episode one takes place when the Jedi are in their prime. So there's been thousands of years prior to episode one of the Jedi becoming where they're at. So you're going to tell me that a religious sect like the Jedi Thousands of years before episode one didn't decide to do a little bit more digging into what makes the force the force. And someone decided to take a cell and crack it open and see what's on the inside. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, it's no different than our scientists going, hey, what's in this? And they crack open the atom and all this other stuff fills out, spills out like the nucleuses and the electrons and all that stuff. That's basically what the midichlorians were. Some Jedi scientist decided to crack open something and was like, oh, look, there's this thing pulsating with force energy. I bet this is what causes us to have the ability of the force, which means and if midichlorians exist in all living things, everyone has the force. It's an issue of your midichlorian count that allows you to be so force sensitive. So I when you. Break it down into that sense. It totally makes sense. And it's total. And I don't, that's why I don't have a problem with the Metachlorian thing. When you jump ahead to the Mandalorian and they bring up the M count, I'm like, they just took that thing that everyone hates and made that so important. <laughs> you right. Know? That's um, a good point. I just. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Well, personally, I just, I just that's I just wanted to explain <laughs> that. Cause, yeah. Yeah. No, but personally, I just thought it was pretty ballsy to actually because midichlorians as a concept is so divisive. I thought it was awesome that they just actually put it in there and they're actually going to going to recognize it in this series. What um, I love what I really love is the fact that they called it an M count and the fact that it probably skirted like the real fans. I'm sorry to say this. There are Star Wars fans and then there's real Star Wars fans. I put myself in the real fan category. <laughs> the, the real fans knew they were talking about Mandalorians. All the haters of the man, uh, not Mandalorians, the real fans knew they were talking about the midichlorians. The other fans that probably went right over their heads and didn't realize they were talking about midichlorians. Yeah. Um, so kudos on them for making such a brilliant choice. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And Otherwise, I, I yeah. too defend the midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's defend the midichlorians. All right, we are running long on our watching stuff because we keep talking about Mandalorian every week. So yeah. let's, let's roll into the news. All right. Um, I'm going to bounce around a little bit because this is kind of all over the place. Um, okay, I we talked about how HBO, is, uh, go, HBO and Sony 
um, shared that they are going to be doing a Last of Us television series based off the Last of Us game, uh, video game. Uh, they went into pilot. Uh, the pilot's done, and they've gone into a series order. So it passed the pilot stage, so it's now in an actual series order. So Last of Us will be a legitimate show now. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so kudos to them. Because uh, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but there's a lot of shows. I mean, there are a lot. There are writers out there that write pilots for television shows that not only don't get made, but the show never goes beyond the script. And there's yeah. writers out there that make a living off of failed pilots. Um, so <laughs> tons and tons of shows get written, and then they don't yep. go past the first episode because the first episode never gets done. Or the first episode gets done, and then they don't like it, and they scrap the show, and they just move on. So, um, And if, if, you, if you want to watch a really uh, entertaining failed pilot, look up the late 90s Justice League show that they tried to do. It's yeah. pretty, pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good pull there. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Black Panther 2 production start July of 2021. Okay, so they're moving forward without Chadwick Boseman, or what's they, the they are moving, here? They are moving forward without Chadwick Boseman, and they specifically said no CGI of Chadwick Boseman will be happening. Do you think somebody somebody else has got to take over the Black Panther role at this point? I think at this point, it's going to have to go to Shirari. That's my yeah. Only, that's my only guess, and I think everyone I think assumes that that's going to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to come down to how they handle it in dialogue. As a and because they want to honor it without writing him out, and they don't want to, they don't want to do to Black Panther what Transformers did to Megan Fox. Does that make okay. sense? Um, in Transformers Three, the way they handled that in dialogue, like the fact that he wasn't with her anymore and he's with this new girl, it was very, uh, um, it was a bizarre Shoe way. Shoehorned in, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. Are, I- I was just going to say I agree, but um, yeah, it is exciting that they're actually moving forward with Black Panther 2, and uh, I'm definitely down for more of that that world. So uh, what were you saying, though? I was just going to say it's just nice to hear that they have a plan. Right. Uh, And we all knew Marvel was going to have a plan. It's just nice to hear they have one. Um, All right. uh, New Predator movies announced. That's cool. Predator 5. Uh, the director was not happy that that leaked, but now that it's leaked, he's like, all right, well, that's it got out earlier than I wanted it to, but there you go. Um, and there are rumors floating around. There's nothing confirmed, but there are rumors floating around that um, Schwarzenegger is coming back. Oh, cool. Which could be, <laughs> which could be really cool if we're going to like jump ahead to like seeing like Schwarzenegger being like, yeah, I've seen this before. You know what I mean? Like that could be kind of a cool uh, uh, throwback to the original. Yeah, he's like he's like either somebody's mentor or they're like he's like the old guy that defeated a predator once and they have to, you know, look him up to ask for his advice and stuff. Or, that sounds like super fun. Or you do it. And I'm just saying this, you do it in the diehard sense where um, the Predator attacks, everyone's like, what's going on? And he's like, I've seen this before. As in the happening to the same guy again kind of thing. You know, um, that could be kind of cool, too. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. Deadpool 3 is moving forward at Disney. OK, nice. Yeah. And they've hired the writers from uh, Bob Ber- Bob's Burger to uh, uh, join the writing team. Uh, Do you so that's watch Bob's cool. Burgers? 
I do not, but I just thought I'd bring up the fact that they brought yeah. in the writers. Um, there's a lot of rumors right now floating around, and it's rumors, not truth, that um, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman have been doing a lot of like weird social media stuff lately. <laughs> That's that sounds uh, ex- entirely expected. So, <laughs> it, it, well, it is because they're friends and they do a lot of weird social media stuff anyway. Yep. But it's kind of like a bizarre amount of weird social media stuff around the time that Deadpool three gets announced. So everyone's now thinking that Hugh Jackman's oh, coming yes. back for for Deadpool three to play Wolverine. That uh, is awesome. However, it is a rumor. Um, but someone made a fan poster. Um, and it's amazing. It's basically the Deadpool logo with the Marvel Studios on top of it. And then you see Wolverine's hand and his claws make the number three. So nice. <laughs> um, whoever made that fan poster, kudos to you, because that is it's cool. Peter, I'll send it to you. It looks great. That's uh, too good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll have to send that to you. Um, let's see. Next story. Uh, all right. So we got J. Jonah Jameson back in Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Okay. From the original Spider-Man movies, he's coming back to play J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man 3. Uh, Alfred Molina, who played um, Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2 from to- the Tobey Maguire films, is return- is reprising his role, or is rumored to be reprising his role as Dr. Octopus in the third Spider-Man movie. Okay. I mean, um, that's if, cool, too. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, it sounds like they're doing Sinister Six. Um, if you're going to do Dr. Octopus, why not bring back him? Because he was awesome. He was probably one of the best parts about Spider-Man 2. Um, so, yeah, very, very cool that that could be a thing. And if you're bringing back J. Jonah Jameson, why not? Um, let me see yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> all right. A very famous horror actor. Now, this show has the uh, has a track record of bringing in people who've worked on stuff from the 80s, from horror films to cult, um, from cult films to action films to uh, just they were big names in the 80s. So the show has brought them on and made them characters, and it's been a lot of fun. So a very famous horror actor is joining the cast of Stranger Things season four. Do you know who that is? Right. Uh, I guesses? have no idea. Robert, uh, Robert England. Robert England. Isn't uh, it? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Freddy Krueger himself will be making uh, it will is joining the cast. Um, it does not say uh, what he's playing, but he was joining the cast for Stranger Things for. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. They, yes. um, they have brought different people back like uh, Paul Reiser and Sean Astin and stuff like that. And it'll be really cool to see how Paul or Robert England fits into that story. Um, I've seen like some of Robert England's other movies and stuff, and I've always thought he was a really good actor. Um, so yeah, that'll be just really interesting to see how it goes down. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about stranger things for <laughs> excited yeah, that it's happening. Fan- in general, that's fantastic. I, everyone's excited for it. Um, all right. And uh, final news story of the night. Um, this isn't a big one, but I thought this was kind of important, and it's something I noticed um, when I so in the and when Justice League came out. So this is a quick Snyder cut. Um, and when Justice League came out, if you look closely, Batman's suit that he wears in Justice League is not the Batman suit from Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it's similar, but if you look at the two movies, the Batman suit 
the bat suit from Batman vs Superman is way cooler looking than the Justice League suit. Zack Snyder said, Zack Snyder said this week that Ben will be using the BVS bat suit. Nice. In the future. Okay. <laughs> that's the end of the quote. The, and that's even the, more nice. Well, that's the thing that caught my attention. So he's going to be using the BVS bat suit. Awesome. So we're getting to see that one again. But the in the future is what really caught my attention because we don't know what Affleck's contract is yet. So um, I'm really curious. Um, but that's awesome that they're going to be using that suit again. So. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Excited. He'll, he'll, he'll excited look, for what's going on. It'll look good again is basically the way. I <laughs> um, all right, man. Do you want to talk about the list or do you have anything you want to add to the news? Um, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I'm good. We can go into yeah, the list. Um, yeah. You're good? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Um, all right. Well, it is list time. So, uh, Ryan, please roll the thing. for the top five. All right, this was my list, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Peter. So this was my list. This was my pick this week. Um, so for those of you who are listening last week, we decided to talk about some robot movies. And I was thinking, like, in terms of the singularity, like AI is going to, like, rear its ugly head and take over the universe. It doesn't have to be a movie about AI taking over the universe. It literally just had to be a movie about a robot. Uh, we did giant robots a long time ago. I was thinking more of the uh, normal size robots as opposed to giant ones. <laughs> Um, that's how I tackled the list. Um, and these are just like my five favorites. I do have two honorable mentions. Um, but, uh, I don't know about you. I don't know if you had any like thoughts before we got going. So, um, I tackled my list in a really similar way. Um, and I, I kind of, I guess I, my list is more, I thought a lot about the sort of AI conundrum of just like artificial intelligence. Like what is that going to cause when that actually happens? And, uh, are robots going to take over our world? Not all of my movies, uh, fit into that sort of, uh, story arc, but, uh, that's definitely is a big theme with my list. Um, I have two honorable mentions as well, so I'm happy to jump into those if you want say, to, it's or my list. So you get to go first. Okay, cool. So the first one I wanted to mention is I Am Mother, which is a movie on Netflix. Um, I talked about it a while back on my uh, what's that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I talked about it a while back for watching and reading. And this is just a uh, I think it's a really good sci fi movie on Netflix. That's kind of I don't hear people talk about it a lot, so I think it's kind of a diamond in the rough a little bit. But it is a uh, it's a post apocalyptic film about a girl who was born and raised um, by a, you know, a robot, an A.I. who uh, acts as her, her mother in this sort of post apocalyptic, uh, you know, completely sealed in compound they live in. And uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh <laughs> she's believed to be, or this girl believes she's like the last of the human race essentially. And one day another human tries to break into the compound and it's kind of, that's kind of the inciting incident. Like, wait, there's other people around. People can survive outside. What does this mean? And it 
you know, ignites a, a whole bunch of questions. And it's just a really cool uh, movie, just conceptually, as well as just the execution was really well done, too. So that's my first one. Nice. I have not seen that. So um, that's I think you'd enjoy it uh, okay. whenever you have the chance. Yeah, I will put it on the list. Yeah, because I Titan starts soon. And then the other Titan season three starts real soon, I think. And then the other one that I was really excited to watch was uh, Flight Attendant Kaylee Cuoco's new show on HBO Max. Um, oh, I didn't even know about it that. Looks, it doesn't look like a, it doesn't look like a comedy. It looks like a it looks like a dark comedy, but it also looks like a psychological thriller at the same time. So I don't know. Oh, weird. Um, all right. So my first one is a big robot, but that's why it's an honorable mention, because I was focusing on more the little ones. And that's the Iron Giant. Just a good movie. We talked about it back. If you go if you go back into our archives and look up our giant robots episode, um, we talked about Iron Giant back then, too. But um, it's just a great movie. That's I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I love The Iron Giant. Um, definitely an awesome film. Um, I've talked about it a couple times on the podcast, but uh, yeah, just really, really well done movie. It's one of those things that uh, I've said it before and I'll probably say it again, but it's one of those movies that everybody I know who's seen it loves it. Like it's just good all around. And it's like, I don't really know anything to complain about with that one either. <laughs> so there right. you go. Um, it's uh, what do you got for your. Next yeah, one. so so my next honorable mention, I went with uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, and this movie is awesome. Obviously, it has like a really amazing legacy for um, kind of what it's brought to the world of action and science fiction films. Um, it's one of the, it's one of the few movies that's like the sequel is better than the original. I'm not saying that it definitively is. I like both movies a lot for a lot of different reasons. But this is one that's great practical effects. Um, it's just an awesome film overall. Um, I really, one of my favorite parts of the movie is also the sort of, uh, the intro with the sort of like vision of the future and the whole, like, you know, robot apocalypse that's going on is just such a cool piece of film. But, uh, this is one that when I was growing up, my parents didn't really let me watch like R rated movies and stuff. So this one, I watched a lot later in life than I wish I did. And I think if I, I think if it was a movie that I saw when I was like, you know, between the age, you know, if I saw it when I was younger, I think it would be like one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it's just, because I watched it at an older age, it wasn't it probably didn't hit me the same way as it would have as I when oh, I was sure. a kid. But uh, regardless, like it's still an awesome film. Um, but, yeah, that's just kind of my justification for why it's an honorable uh, mention as opposed to higher up on my list. Oh, OK. That makes sense. All right. Well, my next honorable mention for the night is um, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um and you can talk the anime, you can talk the live action. It doesn't really matter because they're both like the live action is such a faithful remake of the anime, the anime version that watch whichever one you want is the best way I'm going to put it. Um, the uh, the movie is just really cool in terms of uh, the robot society, I guess, is the best way of wording it. Um, and like looking at how uh, the technology of these robots and stuff um changes like everything um and how it's affected everybody too so um but yeah ghost in the shell check it out scott johansson's really good in it too so um and i've talked about my love for it it's a, it's just a cool movie so that's awesome um 
I can actually probably roll into my list because I was actually going to mention uh, Ghost in the Shell as well. <laughs> as um, <your> pick. <laughs> yeah, as, as one of my picks. I wasn't necessarily going to talk about it first, but uh, since we matched, I can go with that. Um, and I, I haven't seen the Scarlett Johansson movie. I've only seen the uh, the 90s anime movie. But oh. uh, this is a movie that, I mean, just like a lot of the stuff you said, but just sort of the... Um, I guess, yeah, like the integration of this robot society and the human society and how the um, the hacking works and how uh, I don't know. It's just a really good film. And it's uh, for me, I guess, with Ghost in the Shell, like the visuals is one of the biggest um, one of the things that draws me the most or draws me in the most sort of the uh, there's a lot of dialogue scenes in the movie that have a lot of just really like a lot of the characters are really stiff and they kind of just stand there and talk, but there, when it gets into the more action scenes and the more just like visceral scenes in general, it is pretty amazing. So, uh, I just really wanted to pick that, but, uh, yeah, for me, it's like the animation is definitely like some of the most beautiful animation I've seen. And that's kind of a big reason why it made my list. So because yeah, you mentioned the visual, you really should see the Scarlett Johansson movie. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see it. Um, it's one of those things where I struggle with like since especially since I've heard it so close to the anime, it's like, did it need to be made? But I definitely need to watch it because I bet it is really cool to see a lot of this stuff brought to life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just haven't gotten the chance to check it out yet, I guess. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah. All right. So my next one is Chappie. OK, nice. I have not seen Chappie. Actually. You haven't? OK. So if you know District 9, uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, who did District 9, phenomenal movie. Um, everyone should watch that movie. It's so good. But he went and did a couple other movies, and one of them was called Chappie. And um, following in the same vein and visual style of District 9, he did this movie about a uh, robot who um, uh, basically – Think of it like think of it like a modern day short circuit is the best way of wording it. Um, and uh, Chappie is this uh, he's this robot that has kind of the, the AI has kind of become mind of its own, like true AI. And he kind of stumbles away from his creators and uh, the creators want to hunt him down because as far as they're concerned, it's a mistake where the guy who stumbles on Chappie wants to befriend him and protect him and all that stuff because he understands the potential. Um, so, uh, the movie's a very, like the trailer made me want to cry. Um, so it's just a really good heartwarming story about, you know, a kind of coming of age thing. You have, you really do feel for the robot when you watch it. Um, but in the classic Neil Blomkamp style, it's very gritty and real and, um, it gets very harrowing at times. It's, it's a really good movie. So nice. Um, yeah. All right. You're up. Cool. Um, so let's see the next one, I guess I'll go, go with another one that I kind of matched with you on. And that is, uh, the iron giant. Uh, like you said, we've yeah. talked about this movie a lot. Um, and this one doesn't necessarily, well, actually, no, it does kind of fit into the whole AI concept. Cause the iron giant is a character who kind of, because of the, the, the robot, because of the head trauma, for lack of a better term, he experienced his uh, sort of memory and uh, programming was kind of wiped. And he became became like a nice, uh, a nice, friendly character when he was actually sent to the earth to like kill and destroy. So I do think that sort of duality does bring to mind the whole like 
AI uh, concept, but this is just one of my favorite movies. Um, it's just really good, really good animation. I love the, uh, I love how it's in- influenced by, uh, I guess, Superman a lot. Like Superman's a big influence on this movie, but like I said, it's just a, I don't know one person who doesn't like this movie. And I think it's kind of like a, a bit of a modern classic of animation. So yeah, there you go. Every time you say AI, I think of that bit in red versus blue or the guy <laughs> <laughs> AI, what's the I stand for intelligence. You know what I mean? Like every time you say it, that goes, that runs through my head. Um, <laughs> where, where am I? Is it my, did you have, yeah, yeah. Is it my, no, go? no, that's all. Yeah. All right. Go for it. <laughs> um, the next one on my list is Real Steel. Did you see this? I still I still haven't seen Real Steel either. I think um, when it came out, I kind of didn't take it seriously because it looked, you know, it's like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, robots the movie. But robots? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I've actually heard good things. So I definitely I should watch this at some point. Uh, you should. It's really good. Um, the. Uh, the movie really surprised me because ultimately it's a boxing movie. It's a sport boxing movie uh, just done with robots. And um, it's basically this kid um, find his. I can't remember if Hugh Jackman plays his uncle or his dad. Um, and he has to take care of the kid and the kids into robots. And Hugh Jackman's like a walks washed up robot boxer where the robots like it's kind of like the robot learns from you as a boxer and then yeah. you wear this thing that allows you like it follows your movements kind of thing. So like Hugh Jackman would be down in the down on the ground mimicking the boxing moves and the robot would be follow, following through. So basically it's like player versus player in a way. But the robot mm-hmm. still it, it's still in itself is an A.I. Um, and it's all about it's 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 like your classic sports movie done with robots. So it's like almost like Rocky with robots. Um, it's it's really a good movie, and it really kind of surprised me um, as to how good it was when I watched it. There's some really heartwarming stuff in it. Um, the the relationship with Hugh Jackman and the kid is awesome. Like just the way it was all, it was just well thought out. It's a well crafted movie. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend watching it. So nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so moving on to my next one, I guess I'll go with. It's hard. It's hard to like really talk when you haven't seen the movie because it's kind of like here's my quick review and then, you know so. Um, well, I know I know you probably don't want to spoil stuff too, but I mean you can talk as much as you want. If, yeah, if I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, you guys know what I mean. So, um, so I guess I can go with another one that we've talked a lot about, which this isn't a movie that takes pl- that. This isn't a movie like a lot of the other ones we've mentioned that focuses on a single robot. This movie is actually closer to ghost in the shell, but, uh, I chose the matrix. Um, this is just, I mean, this is yeah. a great movie. Obviously this is another one that in the world of science fiction and pop culture in general has like left behind such a amazing legacy. Um, it's hard to know where to start, but this is just a great movie. Like I said, we've talked about it a lot. Um, since I mentioned uh, Ghost in the Shell 2, um, I remember seeing a magazine article um, when the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell movie came out. And the <laughs> so it was like the cover of a magazine and it had Scarlett Johansson in her like Ghost in the Shell get up. And the 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 like main headline was like Ghost of Ghost in the Shell, the new Matrix question mark, which I thought was so funny because 
the Wachowskis were so influenced by <laughs> Ghost of the Shell, like the original <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, when they made the Matrix. So I just love that sort of, uh, I guess, like ignorant, like whoever made that t- headline was just like ignorant to that completely, which I find really funny. But yeah, I don't know if you have any comments on the Matrix at the moment or whatever. Well, in, in our conversation about the singularity and AI taking over and all that stuff, this is a perfect perfect example and you mentioned terminator it's really yeah. interesting is if you watch the terminator movies and then watch the matrix it's almost like terminator is the beginning that leads yeah, absolutely eventually to the matrix itself and if you don't know what i'm talking about watch the matrix real closely and you'll see because it's it's so this is all making me want to go watch the new terminator movie which i still haven't watched yet is that the uh, uh, genesis or no dark fate um, it came okay. out. I don't even remember that one. Yeah, coming out. Uh, Linda, that came out like before COVID hit. And then, huh. um, it, Oh like, yeah. Now I, re- I remember seeing the trailer and it looked awesome. It, it and I've heard did. really lackluster reviews about it, but well, that's the thing. Like I was like, I don't really care about a new Terminator movie. It's going to, you know, and I was like really not in the mood for it. And then I saw the trailer. I'm like, Oh man, this looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but this is all making me want to watch Terminator. But the new the, the Matrix itself, um, the way they handle the AI, the way they explain the machines, what the machines did to us as a human race, as a society, like that's scary stuff. And when you think about like what machines could be capable of when they become self-aware, that makes it even cooler. It makes me a little scared, more terrified to put my phone in my pocket. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> there's some there's some really cool stuff with the tech that's going on. And it's scary when you like look into when you actually look into tech news and see what companies are doing with robots themselves. You're just like, hey, we're not far off. So, um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love every once in a while you'll see one of those uh, clips of like an interview somebody does with a humanoid robot and they just end up saying like something really creepy that, you know, just one of those things you hear that keeps you up late at night. I don't have any examples off the top of my head, but, uh, you know what I mean? Hopefully. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, is that my next pick? Yeah. Cause I, oh, I, I yeah. went with the matrix. So sorry, I just didn't type it. And I usually type when you're talking and I didn't, <laughs> I was listening to you talk. So, um, it was a little off cause I always use the spreadsheet to kind of gauge where we're at with things. Um, all right. So my next one, this is an old one from back in the eighties, late eighties is batteries not included. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an old movie about, you know, like businesses, like, you know, in the city that are getting shut down because of like, you know, banks buying up properties and building parking garages or whatever the case may be. And this is old couple trying to hold on to their property, like their little restaurant that they own. And um, there's a lot of problems with that. But then these aliens, this a- these alien robots come to Earth and they start helping out and not only in the restaurant themselves, but helping fix things. And everyone starts seeing it as a it's that thing where like, oh, maybe we're like prejudging all this. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone is kind of everyone is kind of yeah. second look at it and realizes there's more than just it. There's more than uh, this is this is one of those like crown jewels we can't get rid of kind of things. But it's it's another just really good heartwarming movie. And it was done at a time when they had to do practical effects. So there wasn't your CGI visuals and stuff. And it had to be done in a very practical way. So the robot stuff they did was really kind of clever. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. I don't know if those effects hold up, 
when it comes to the robots, but it was, I remember really enjoying it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Cause I've actually, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid and, uh, I actually don't remember the plot as in depth as, uh, you just described it, but I do remember the, uh, alien robot characters and in my head, they look really good. Like the way they were able to do those special effects. So it would be interesting to go back and rewatch batteries, not included to see how do those effects hold up, but I'm willing to bet that they hold up decently well, because since it's, since they're robotic, like kind of mini flying saucer sort of characters. They don't have to replicate like actual like human or animal movements. You know, they're kind of they're robotic. So that probably makes them hold up a little bit better. And uh, they have like a cool like glowing filter over them from what I remember. So that might kind of cover up some of the mistakes, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really good point, though. It would be interesting to revisit that uh, with that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, man, that rolls into your next pick. Okay, so the next one I wanted to talk about is Alita Battle Angel. Um, so this, <laughs> this movie is probably the the newest movie on my list. And uh, this movie is... It's a cool movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of those things where... I in a, in a lot of ways I feel like this is an anime adaptation done right. Like they did such a good job at uh, recreating this imaginative world and stuff. And I just think this movie really took me by surprise because going into it I wasn't sure what to expect. And uh, Alita, like the main character in the movie, has like these massive eyes, and I didn't know how I, how that was going to sit sit with me and stuff. But when you watch the movie everything flows so well and certain some of the exaggerated elements like that character having like really large eyes, actually you don't really even notice that much. Um, and I, I really like the sort of, um, the sort of class warfare um, sort of subplot they have to the movie, how there's like the, the people who live in like the elevated city versus like the people who live in the rubble below. And that sort of like, uh, sort of warfare going on, I guess using warfare warfare, like lightly, but, uh, yeah, this movie's just really cool. And I also really love that motorball game they play. That's uh pretty badass too. It's kind of like handball meets hockey meets like speed racer or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Alita specifically or anything like that. Alita. So I, when I watched the movie, I was very unfamiliar with the, um, the manga source material. Yeah. And um, I not saying I didn't like the movie. It's there was a lot of it that wasn't what I expected. Um, OK, I did not expect it to turn into the murder ball sport thing. Um, <laughs> and then I did not expect it to become this giant epic thing like the, the The backstory was ridiculous. I was like, whoa, there's way more to this than I thought there was. Uh, when you talk about like the robot hunters like or the bounty hunters or whatever. Yeah wait, what? And then they throw in the sport <laughs> thing and then they throw in the like, there's a lot to that movie. So it really kind of took me by surprise. Um, I really had a lot of fun with the movie. Yeah. Um, and the visuals were incredible. Like you want to talk about, you want to talk about seeing something on a page and hoping it, it jumps to the screen correctly and really is, I don't want to use the word faithful so much as like when you, when you read a comic book and you see what it looks like on the page and you have an idea in your head about how like that robot moves and walks and talks and how the blades work when they come out of the swords, like, and like the way the, all that stuff functions. 
and then you see it for real, it's it was well well done. So absolutely. Um, and I can actually say just one more thing because you were talking about how sort of deep the lore goes in this movie and uh and i think it's because it's based off a manga series that's sort of uh there's probably just so much information they had to cram into a movie like this but the one thing that i would maybe like my one criticism of the movie is that it is pretty convoluted because it is a great time and i do think it's a really good movie but when it comes to like saying exactly what the plot is like on paper there's just so much stuff that goes on that it's kind of hard to summarize in a lot of ways so that's probably my only critique of it in general but uh yeah okay um well that rolls into me right yep Okay, so I didn't say anything earlier because this was an honorable mention of yours. I kept it quiet, and that is my next pick is Terminator 2. Nice. That's awesome. Um, This movie, um, for me, this movie is a huge one when it comes to robots and AI. And I'm one of those people who really thinks that you could maybe, like, you shouldn't skip the first Terminator movie, but if you didn't watch the first Terminator movie (laughs) and went right to this one, it would be just fine. Um, That's a good way of putting it. You really would be just fine. There's so much in this that really, like, it's like James Cameron was like, hey, I want to make this movie again. Um, (laughs) Kind of like Evil Dead 1 to Evil Dead 2. You know, like, I want to make it again, but we're going to make it so much better. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Or uh, Alien versus Aliens, you know, very similar to that, uh, too. Yeah, and it's it's such, such a good movie. Um, It's, um, I, this, this was... Oh, this was one of those movies that look, we all know Star Wars rewrote the book of science of special effects for anything. And um, then movies have to pick up the pieces and try and like um, go from there. And you run into the issue that um, they did some groundbreaking special effects. When you look at the T-1000 and the way they did the liquid metal and like there was some incredible work done in that movie to make those special effects uh, done right. And that's a movie that honestly, special effects wise, it still holds up um, the story. It still holds up. Um, it's it's incredibly amazing to me how well that movie as a as a whole um, is still can be considered a relevant movie. Like if you compare it to movies today, it's still like almost better than a lot of stuff that comes out on today's standards. Um, so yeah, but in terms of robots and AI and the, and Skynet going, uh, Skynet launching, um, and taking over everything. Um, that's such a great, what I liked about it was that Terminator two Terminator one sets you up for the whole Skynet taking over the world, but you don't actually see that you're just dealing with the one robot. Yeah. Or two. And you actually go to the origins of where Skynet was built and put together. And you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, um, really cool background stuff. Really good. Um, this, yeah, this is just one of those things with the script. Everything's just top notch. Like everything's top notch. Um, and you know, say what you want about Schwarzenegger because it's he's got a very one dimensional character that he plays, but he does a really good job playing that one dimensional character. And you know, so. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, because, yeah, it is a one dimensional character, but he's also a robot, <laughs> but also like there's not a lot of other actors besides Schwarzenegger who can who could like deliver those lines that well. And uh, 
I mean, a lot of the lines from that movie were just like both uh, like the first two Terminator movies. They were so iconic and stuff. And I think um, it has to do with how iconic of just a character uh, Schwarzenegger is in general. And so I um, yeah, I absolutely agree with I agree with what you're saying, but I wouldn't critique um, Arnold's performance in that movie necessarily um, sure. in that way. And and like like I said, I, I love this movie, too. I think it's great. Um, it just I think it just didn't hit me the same way it did a lot of people just because I saw it. I think I watched it when I was in college as opposed to when I was growing up when I probably should have seen it <laughs> sort of thing. So that's all <laughs> right. All right, man. Uh, last picks of the night, dude. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. So the last movie I went with is, uh, ex machina. Um, did I, did we match it all or totally matched? (laughs) Nice. I knew you liked this movie a lot, so I kind of expected it to be on your list, but, uh, that's awesome. But this is a movie that, um, yeah, we totally matched dude. And I was, I didn't know if we would. So I actually don't know if I knew if you'd seen this movie, but go ahead. Yeah, um, I think I read boxed it a while ago just because I heard it was really good. But it's just a really interesting look at uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence and robots integrating with the human race. It's a really interesting movie to watch, um, especially to the point where could there be robots among us and we don't even realize it? Like, are they that lifelike? I mean, could there be robots among us right now? And then just the idea of... um, I guess the ethics of robots being in our world and, uh, you know, what sort of rights do robots have and stuff like this is a movie that brings all of these concepts up. But um, if I remember correctly, the movie is about a writer who stays with the inventor of these very uh, lifelike robots. And uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. What's do you remember all the ins and outs of like uh, why the guy was staying with the inventor and what was all going on with that? Yeah, so I don't necessarily know if he was a writer so much as he was a uh, he was a or he won a contest, right? Or well, it's like he's your standard tech nerd that works for the company that the so you have yeah. this guy that created an AI. Okay, he created um, he created an AI. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Um, by the way, um, you have Oscar Isaac from Star Wars, Poe Dameron, and you have General Hux from Star Wars, Donald Gleason. Um, and then. <laughs> And then the robot is uh, Alicia Vandiker, uh, Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to look at it. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, you have this guy, Domino Gleason's character. He plays this. Um, I guess you could say he's a writer, but he's more of like a tech nerd that is within Oscar Isaac's company. And yeah. Oscar Isaac does this contest for his employees to have someone come and stay with him for like I don't remember how long he had to stay with him on that property, but it was a come see this thing that I'm working on. I want your opinion. And he has and it's basically that kind of thing. And when he gets out there, he explains to him that he built an A.I. and he like he tells him he made an A.I. Now, what's the thing that I found the most fascinating about this is that. He tells him he made the AI. He goes through the process. You actually get to see some really cool tech showing him like how he made the brain and all that stuff for the robot. And then he tells him that he wants Oscar Isaac's character tells Domino Gleason that he wants him to conduct the Turing test. Now, if you don't know what the Turing test is, I'll give you a quick explanation. This is like the Reader's Digest version of a Turing test. 
A Turing test is when a programmer sits down and um, converses with an AI or what's thought to be a true AI. At any point, if they think that they're not dealing with a computer and dealing with a person, the AI passes the test. Mm-hmm. That's what a Turing test is. So Oscar Isaac got Domino Gleason there and he's like, you're going to stay on property with me. We're completely isolated. It's you, me, and the robot. We're going to discuss and um, you're going to conduct a Turing test. And all and all he has to do is talk to the robot and interact with the robot and ask him about its day and listen to what she has to say and all that stuff. And what's interesting about it is you as an audience member are going, it's a robot. But then as you meet the robot and learn with the robot, you have the same, almost the same response to it that Domino Gleason's character does, where you're like, this is not a robot I'm dealing with. Um, yeah. And it's incredible. And it looks like a robot. That's the other thing. Like, it doesn't look like a person necessarily, but you're still like, I'm dealing with a person and not a robot. So the AI is already passing. So kudos to Alicia Vandeker and her acting ability because she was fantastic. But you find but then the movie takes a chilling turn. Uh, there's some weird bits in the little middle of the movie, like the Oscar Isaac dancing sequence. But there's stuff, <laughs> there's stuff to that if you watch the movie and pay attention to how that all put was played together. But, well, he's I think he's like an eccentric billionaire sort of character. He is. I think the the dan- dancing sequence is definitely justified, but it is a very bizarre moment of the movie. Um, but yeah, no, you had a really good point because there's a really smart thing with uh, Alicia Vandeker, like the robot's design um, in the movie, because she has a human face and um, different uh, different parts of the robot's body is covered by skin. But for the most part, it looks like a i robot sort of uh you know robot character with like either white or see-through like mechanical parts and stuff and it's yeah it's interesting to see even though you can clearly see this isn't a human what is the uh main character's reaction to this it's it's really uh and and it's true too. Like I've heard that this actually this kind of stuff actually happens when they experiment with AI with people because if it has that sort of believable human face and emotions, uh, people kind of there's something instinctual in us that like gets confused about it and stuff. So just just really interesting stuff all around. Um, the chilling ending. This the ending is very chilling to this movie. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I do not want to spoil how the ending plays out at all because this movie is just too good and everyone should be watching it. Um, the uh, I will say this though, this movie it came out in 2015. Um, is it I, that old? Yeah. Wow, I thought it was like two years old for some reason, but that's no, awesome. it's it's that old. I need to look up. Uh, I need to look this up real quick. So, Peter, can you vamp while I look this up real quick? Just entertain the people. Well, just you're talking about the ending <laughs> and I just keep thinking about this actually probably should have made somebody's cliffhanger list because it is a really good it, cliffhanger and, ending. And it's funny wow. that you say that it should, too. OK, yeah. so it lost to it lost the spotlight. OK, I that's fine. I get because it. it was nominated for Best Picture. And I remember when 2015 when Spotlight won. OK, I get why Spotlight won. However, this movie, I truly feel was like Rob Best Picture win. Um, it's, I feel like it's, it's, it's hyper, it's a hyper, hyper important movie to watch. Um, yeah. 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 Important's a good way to put it because the themes and concepts it deals with 
is something that's going to age really well. Like people are going to keep looking back on this movie because it has that sort of philosophical uh, AI conundrum built into the plot. So, so much. So, yeah. Um, what are you? Uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say about Ex Machina other than everyone needs to see it. Because <laughs> it's amazing. And um, it's like, it's she's such an incredible movie. Um and it's one of those movies that I would say watch twice, to be completely honest, um, because you're going to miss stuff. And then you're going to go back and watch it again with knowing the uh, knowing how it plays out and going, oh, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> good call. Yeah. Um, anyway, that said, um, what are we doing next week, Peter? It's your pick. Yeah. So I actually had a. Uh a movie list I wanted to do, but I realized if we did it, we'd be talking about a lot of the same movies we talk about a lot of times. So I kind of wanted to mix it up a little bit for next week. And, uh, I thought it would be fun to do our top five comic strips actually. So newspaper comic strips, comic strips. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, but I was thinking about it. I do think that web comics, as long as they're in strip form, you know, like penny arcade, uh, stuff like that. I do think those could count because they're still, yeah, yeah, because they're still in as long as it's in strip form. But uh, we haven't talked about this ca- this topic yet. I expect us to match um, at least a decent amount, but maybe not. You know, we might pick some really different things, but I think it'd be a, just a fun uh, topic in general. Let me I'm going to give a quick spoiler to the audience. Uh, Garfield will not be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I read I read Garfield when I was a kid. Garfield is not funny. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, so I think that brings us to the end, man. Uh, puts another episode in the can for us, right? Yeah, right in the can. Right in the can. All right. Um, do us a favor, everyone. <laughs> do us a favor. First off, everyone, um, this episode is not going to release on Thanksgiving, but for us, it's Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving week that we're recording this. So I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you did whatever you could to stay safe in this crazy COVID world that you are living in and dealing with that nonsense because I feel like everyone's basically just canceling plans after canceling plans. And it's just, it's just weird out there right now. Um, so do us all a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, you can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, if you go to, if you hit us up on those places, you can subscribe to us. And if you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we love the five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at drew three, nine, two, seven. Uh, it's both in the same places. So, uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be letting you know that I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye.